Greetings, and welcome to the Get Hiking Southeast podcast. I'm Joe Miller, and I'll be leading this adventure. Why me? Why am I at the front of the pack? Well, for the last decade or so, I've been leading hikes and backpack trips in the Southeast, and for nearly three decades, I've been writing about adventure in the region as a newspaper columnist, guidebook author, and as a blogger. Our focus in the Get Hiking Southeast podcast, telling the stories of the hikers and the trails, especially those lesser-known trails in the southeastern United States. We have a short podcast this week that will focus on bears. Now, if you're expecting a rip-roaring adventure tale about wrestling with a horde of bears that surround a remote campsite and demand a ransom in return for little Timmy, well, you're in the wrong place. We here at the Get Hiking Southeast podcast are not into the business of bear scandal. Quite the opposite. Last week, we told you that bear encounters, in the form of bears raiding campsites, had led the National Forest Service to advise hikers to be especially careful on certain trails in the Joyce Kilmer Slick Rock Wilderness. Specifically, the Hayo Lead, Stratton Bald, Hangover Lead, and Hangover Trails. And also in the Cherokee National Forest in Tennessee, where camping has been banned on the AT between Double Spring Shelter and the intersection with Backbone Rockside Trail. Since then, similar advisories have gone up in the Pisgah National Forest along the Appalachian Trail from Pisgah Grassy Fork Road, mile marker 245, to Max Patch Road, mile marker 253. That includes the Groundhog Creek Shelter. It's important to note that no injuries have been reported. Encounters include bears taking down bear bags stored hanging from a tree, and bears rifling through camping supplies and gear. The bears will often stay in an area of an incident for several hours. This time of year, black bears are opportunistically looking for food that campers and trail users bring on their trips. Which is why it is imperative that you properly store your food when camping. Why this is such a hard point to drive home, frankly, befuddles me. My friend, river guide Joe Jacob, once told me of a trip he led in Alaska, in grizzly country. He was pretty sure the folks on his trip weren't heeding his request to talk all their food into bear canisters he provided. So one evening, after dinner, he had everyone walk downstream a short distance, ostensibly to a spot where the setting sun would be spectacular. But he also knew that this was a spot where the bears came to feed on salmon in the evening. Sure enough, one appeared, waded in, snatched a huge fish in one clawed paw, and ate it in one bite. (laughs) Said Joe, everyone's eyes got huge. They ran back to their tents and came pouring out with candy bars and other snacks. Does it take watching a bear devour a fish to convince you that bears get hungry, and that once they discover a source of food, will take full advantage? Now, black bears, the bears we have here in the southeast, will eat just about anything. But mostly they like insects, roots, berries, grasses, the meals that won't put up a fight. They will occasionally eat fish and mammals, but they prefer the heavy lifting be done for them in advance. They prefer those larger critters to already be dead. That said, once a bear discovers a reliable food source, like an area where campers have been slack storing their food, they will indeed be back. Which is why the above locations have been closed to camping. That said, We pass along key tips from bearwise.org, a website developed by black bear biologists and supported by state wildlife agencies, to help us better better understand and live with black bears. Tip number one, leave no hint of your food behind. 
double bag your food on the trail, hike all food-related trash out. Don't burn scraps of food in your fire ring or grill. Uh, Apparently, it doesn't get all the food smell out. And in answer to a question I get repeatedly, it's okay to toss these orange peels into the woods, right? I mean, they're organic. The answer is no. Bears will pick up on the scent and associate the area with food. Tip number two, set up camp away from dense cover and natural food sources. (laughs) Dense cover. Now that can be near impossible here in the southeast. But check out the dense cover. Make sure it's not, say, a bundle of blackberry bushes, ripe and brimming with blackberries, that you're setting your tent up next to. Tip number three, store food 100 yards from camp, either in a bear canister or ursac, or suspended from a tree at least 10 feet off the ground and 10 feet from any part of the tree. And please take both of these measures seriously. Three years ago, we watched amused as a camper at the Overmountain Victory Shelter camping area on the AT hung his food directly over his tent, and not even 10 feet above his tent. He might as well have erected a neon sign reading Good Eats with an arrow pointing down. Tip number four. Don't cook food within 100 yards of your tent. Now, this is a bit of a head-scratcher, since you may well have noticed that at most shelters, especially on the AT, the grill is smack-dab in front of the shelter. 100 yards? Try two or three. Still, it makes sense not to cook close to where you sleep. Tip number five. Store anything with a scent. In addition to hanging your food, hang your toiletries, your toothpaste, your soap, your sanitizer as well. Do not keep them in your tent. Those are just quick reminders pertaining to how to properly handle food in bear country. For how to deal with bears otherwise, head to bearwise.org. That's bearwise.org. A final note about bears and how they see us. I've seen maybe 10 bears in the wild over about a 25-year period, and every time I've encountered one, It's been a Three Stooges-esque mad scramble to see who had run in the opposite direction the fastest. Only once did I have the luxury of being able to observe a bear for more than just a few seconds, and that was because I was upwind of the sow and her cub, who were maybe 75 yards off, making their way in the opposite direction down a gentle slope. The sow had a purposeful stride of an attentive parent, the cub gambling without a care in the world. I watched unnoticed, until they disappeared over a ridge. I'd love to have an encounter like that on every trip I lead to help de-demonize bears and to drive home the fact that we help these awe-inspiring creatures by keeping our our campsites food-free. And if for some reason that message doesn't come across, well, I'm good with everyone seeing a bear yank a fish out of a stream and devour it whole. Again, for more information on coexisting with black bears, visit bearwise.org. That's our show for this week. I hope you liked it and that you'll be back. In the meantime, a reminder that the Get Hiking Southeast podcast is a part of the Get Hiking and Get Backpacking universe, where instead of just telling you about great places to go, we take you there. Coming up, we have, in June, this month, we have our first big trip of the season, a four-day, three-night, 35-mile trip, the vaunted Virginia Triple Crown. Yep, McAfee Knob, Tinker Cliffs, and the Dragon's Tooth all in one trip, not to mention a great slew of views along the way. 
This trip is June 24th through the 27th and includes a training component for those who worry they aren't in shape for a 35-mile trip that gains more than 8,500 vertical feet. We've scheduled our first backpack trip in nearly two years on that iconic stretch of the Appalachian Trail in North Carolina and Tennessee, the 14 miles between Carver's Gap and U.S. 19 East. The trip starts over Jane and Roundbalds and tops Hump and Little Hump Mountains for some of the best views in the region. Shuttle and showers included. That trip is July 16th through the 18th. In August, in hot, steamy August, we will be exploring the cool waters of the Wilson Creek area of the Pisgah National Forest. This is a base camp backpack trip. We'll hike in a mile Friday afternoon and establish base camp near Huntfish Falls. On Saturday, we'll hike the Lost Cove Trail and spend some time frolicking in the frosty waters of Grag Prong. Sunday, we head over to South Harper Falls and Harper Creek for more day hiking and water fun. We've also scheduled our first Get Hiking Weekend Hiking Escape of 2021. From our base camp at the Curtis Creek Campground in the Pisgah National Forest near Old Fort, North Carolina, we'll do a pair of eight-mile out-and-backs exploring some of the oldest forests in the Pisgah. That trip is July 9th through 11th. If you're not a backpacker but would like to be, we have two openings left in our Get Backpacking Intro to Backpacking class, which begins this week. This three-part course includes a Zoom gear session, a five-hour infield training session, and a three-day, two-night graduation trip to North Carolina's South Mountain State Park. You can learn more about these adventures and everything else we do at GetGoingNC.com. Click on Explore With Us. If you like what we're doing here at the Get Hiking Southeast podcast, please do leave a review with the podcast vendor from whom you receive this weekly communication. And if you don't like it, or if you have some constructive criticism, or perhaps a topic for an upcoming episode, drop us a line at joe at getgoingnc.com. That's joe at getgoingnc.com. Until we meet again, get out and explore.